You're listening to the Church of Life and Praise podcast. If you'd like more information about our ministry, please visit us at churchoflifeandpraise.com or check us out on Facebook. Our prayer is that you would come to know Jesus in a deeper way. Now, enjoy the message. talking about loss, long-suffering, Galatians 5, 23, continuing it, amen? <clears throat> How many are getting anything out of this at all? Amen, I hope you are, because you've got one, two, three, four, five more to go, so. <laughs> uh, this is the fruit of the Spirit, this is yours. If you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, these are resident in your life and can be activated. You can have love. You can have joy. You can have peace. God will even give you patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's resonant in you. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you have that. And you can draw on it. Amen? Amen? So we're going to talk about long-suffering continually with long-suffering today. And um, waiting is taking time to give God all your attention. I'm talking about long-suffering is a season of waiting. We can't always get what we want now. You know, there are times when we're asking God. Now, there are things that God will give us now. Then there are times that God will not give us now because we cannot handle them. God doesn't always deliver us out of problems and out of uh, uh, attacks of the enemy, but he delivers, always delivers us through them. And there are times when we don't totally understand God and it seems like God is totally silent. But the song goes, when you can't see him, can't see him working, he's still working. And as long as you're alive, there's another part, I think it's part of that song, I don't know, it's another song. As long as you're living, then he's still working. He never walks off and leaves you. God never leaves you alone, no matter what you go through. I know. I've been through it. I'm not just speaking from these words here. God never leaves you, nor forsakes you, never leaves you alone. He is with you, no matter what the situation is. God doesn't pick you up and just drop you. Say, well, I got other things to do. But sometimes it's our response to God. We can have things happen in our lives and we can get mad at God, get angry at God, because it didn't just turn out the way we went. I know about that too. We have to have a constant trust knowing that God is good and he will not do bad to you. And sometimes we go through situations because we won't allow 
God to take control of our lives. There's an evil force in the world, and you might as well know it, that is out to damn your soul, to destroy you, and cause you to lose faith in God. This is where long-suffering comes in. Waiting. Patience. Can't see it. God has spoken a prophecy over you. God has given you a word. It doesn't seem to be being fulfilled. Wait. I'm going to talk about it. Waiting is taking time to give God all of your attention. There are times when you have to close yourself in with God and just say, God, here I am. Talk to me. Long-suffering is turning your attention toward God. And, in fact, it is what we grow through when God, I said grow through, when God is shaping and molding us in what he wants to be us to be. There are times, and sometimes God, you know, <clears throat> have you ever had your mother or father not give you things that you want? <clears throat> you wanted this and you wanted that, and they said no, or they waited and never said anything? Some of you guys and, and you gals wanted to get in the car and wanted to get your license, license now, blah, blah, and do this now and everything else. And mom and dad knew it, would, it was not time for you to do it. My, my father, that's before we had um, um, driver's ed, my father didn't even, didn't, my father didn't even, everybody around me was get, getting driving and everything else. My father didn't even, and it wasn't because he wasn't thinking about it, but he didn't even offer to teach me to drive because I was a senior in high school. A junior in high school, I was riding the bus to school. Now kids think they're abused if they're not out with a car. Especially, you've got to have a new one. One day, I never said a word. I figured, well, when he gets ready to teach me to drive, I guess he'll teach me. I didn't know how I was going to learn to drive, and here I am going on to a senior, and I thought, you know, I've got to learn to drive sometime. He never, he never said a word about it. Not a word. And you know, there are times when God is silent. He does not say a word to you, but he's working. You say, how come when Adam and Eve fell in the garden? I'll finish my story about driving. Don't worry about that. How come in Adam and Eve in the garden, when they fell, God didn't just step in and raise up Jesus right then? Because he had a plan. And he's going to work his plan, which is beneficial for us. And then it says in the New Testament, when the time, right time came, Jesus being born of a woman, under the law, etc., etc., etc. Jesus did come, and the plan <clears throat> was in the mind of God when he was framing the worlds. Wow. I don't understand it all, but I know one thing. God is in control of my life, and he will not let me fail. So, 
waiting, long-suffering, patience is what we grow through when God is shaping and molding us into what he ought to be. Let's turn to Hebrews 10, 23, 35. Everybody say long-suffering. Some, probably in some of your translations, it's patience. Now, this is what, this is what Hebrews says, 1023, 35th. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope. Everybody say, confession of our hope. Do you have a confession of faith today? Now, let me tell you something. Faith is not getting all hyped up and, uh, you know, denying everything that's wrong denying everything that's going wrong in your life and refusing everything that's going. Faith is accepting what's going on in your life but trusting with confidence in God that he'll take care of it. God is not always going to come down and spoon feed us. He's going to teach us to eat and feed ourselves. And then he's also going to teach us what things we should eat and what we shouldn't eat. By learning. He's not going to come down and give us a a, a menu and say, well, this is what's going to do. He's going to let you work that out because that's why he's giving you a brain. So let us hold fast to the confession of our hope. What does that mean? We've confessed faith in Jesus Christ. We committed our lives to Jesus Christ when we first came to him and we said the sinner's prayer. We committed our lives to him. And what we were saying, I'm not doing good where I am. I'm in a mess. And so we bring all of our trash and all of our junk to the Lord. And God doesn't condemn us. He says, if you'll come to me, I will open my hands and open my heart and open my mind and I will receive you. The confession is that we made to God, I'll follow you all of my life. Lord, I'll accept what you give to me. I want to change in my life. And when you say that, God takes you at his word because he's a man that does not lie. And let me tell you something else. If God, God is, is, is one that if he says it, he'll do it. So when we come to him and the tables are turned, okay, he expects us to do what we say. And he takes us at his word, us at his word and forgives us. And pats us on the hiney and says, go on and receive all that I have for you. And from that time of our confession of faith, God walks with us. So, since we have confessed our hope, and this becomes our hope, grounded on the faithfulness of the one who promised, therefore, do not cast away your confidence or your open and bold confession. Don't throw your confidence and your confession to the Lord away. If you have confessed to God, your sins, if you have given your life to him, don't throw it away with, with trivia and, and, going, and going back out into sin and doing things. Don't throw it away. Maintain your confidence even though you cannot see the fullness of its result. 
God is still working in your life. And it says, being confident of this very thing, what he has begun, be rest assured, what he has begun, he is able also to perform it until the coming of Christ. The day of Christ, the Bible says, and that's what it means. Until Jesus comes and takes his home, he's going to work in your lives. No matter what comes your way, the Christian faith is the best way to go Especially in this day and age, there is nothing that is sure. You can see that. My God, if you can't see it, you're blind. And if you want to put your faith in that trash, go ahead. But I'm offering and Jesus is offering you a better place to put your money, spiritually speaking. So it says, let us hold fast our confession of our hope Grounded on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. 35th verse. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence or your open or your declaration of faith, which has great reward. The more you spend time with, just like we were talking today, the more you spend time with Jesus, the more you spend time in the Word, the more you walk with Him. In other words, what happens, it's just like when you're a baby. You take baby steps and then you start getting older and you start taking bigger steps. You start taking on more responsibility. You start doing things. Oh, I'll get back to my story. One day when I, as I was a senior, he, my father had an old Dodge truck, <clears throat> stick shift. He backed out of the driveway, <clears throat> pulled out onto the highway, Pulled over to the side of the road and says, get in. My father was a man of few words. <laughs> he was a great guy, but I, I love dad. He didn't mince, didn't mince a lot of words, but when he said something, he meant it. And I mean, he, he didn't say it mean either. He just said, get in. <clears throat> I said, oh, daddy, I got. He said, sure you can. He said, I'll help you. That's just like Jesus. Because you can drive. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you. So I got in, scared half to death. He said, now that's the accelerator. That's the clutch. That's the brake. And he said, now you're going to, and this is the sh- was a stick shift. And he says, this is the shift. He says, now you're going to have to put your foot on. He told me, put your foot on your clutch and hold the brake. He said, and let off. I'll, I'll let out on the clutch easy and then let out on the brake you know, and, and first he said to put your, your, your car in gear. And then he said, let out, you know, hold you. And then let out on the clutch. And then let off the brake and go easy. And I'm sitting there holding my breath. And I did what he said. He said, now don't, don't press on the accelerator fast. He said, just put down on the accelerator. And I did. And I went. And I was surprised. I just drove off smooth. I thought, Wow. Is this what they're, this is awesome. <laughs> Man, you know, it's going to be easy for me to learn to drive. But now, the next day, he didn't let me have the car. Because he knew I didn't know how to drive. So then I drove and drove, and I'd drive from St. George to Rockland, and, and he, he'd say, okay, go pull over to the side of the road. He'd get in, drive through the city. And then and we did that over and over and over and over again. And then one day... 
I got ready to turn here. No, no, no. He says, keep driving. And of course, I said, oh, daddy, I can't. Sure you can, he said. So he said, now, you know, watch your lights. Remember what I taught you, you know, about moving the... So I went down and into Rockland, because, I mean, to me, I mean, that was like big, high traffic. I was moved, you know. <laughs> and it was just, you know, it was just, just Rockland. And uh, so, you know, and that's just like Jesus. And finally, there came a time, I didn't have a car, and there came a time when, and my mother was worried, fret, fret and worried. My mother worried, worried. She says, oh, because I said, well, can I have the car? And, and uh, uh, she says, oh, no. She says, no, 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 no. She said, you can't take that. And daddy said, he said, Edie, he's all right. Let him have it. Oh, she says. And she, she didn't say anymore. So I got in the car and took it. Man, I felt like a king. Driving that all by myself. And that's just exactly, you know, that God allows experiences in your life to come where it's seemingly you're driving all by yourself, but you're driving because you have learned everything so far he has taught you. And you're driving. I See, I was driving on my father's experience and on his car at his expense. But my father always said, make sure you put gas, make sure there's gas in that car. There's ga-. He always said, make sure there's gas and oil in that car. So I always made sure, you know, I tried. Because he just didn't let me freelance and just take it. But he was, and you know, that's like God. And then when he doesn't answer, he's teaching you patience. He's teaching you trust. Trust thou alone, the mighty God. All right? For you, here it is, 36 verse, for you have need of endurance. So don't throw your confession away. Don't throw away what you've confessed to Jesus Christ. Don't throw away what you've learned. Don't throw away uh, your walk as far as you've come because you, and be, be patient and be, let it come, be, let God teach you, let God show you, let God lead you because he said you have need of endurance, patience, so then when after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Now, the Bible said you'll receive the promise. If God has spoken it to you and they may all kind of things come in the way uh, before you get to the promise, God is working on the promise and he's teaching you to wait and he's teaching you things while he's not answering you right away. But the answer will come. What are you praying for today? What has God promised you? Then Hebrews 10, 23, 35, and 36 in the NLT says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. And this is what we affirm, that Christ's death is affected in winning us the right relationship with God. If you've confessed your faith to Jesus Christ, then God is teaching you to come into a warm relationship. God does not necessarily... See, that's what happened in the Old Testament. They had all kind of laws. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. And they were all good. But there was nothing to help them keep those laws. But then Jesus came. And he fulfilled all the laws. 
shed his blood, brought you into the fold. Amen. And begin to teach you how to live by faith. All faith is, is confidence in God. That God will do it. This making sense? So, it says, uh, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. He's not going to fail you. This is long-suffering. 35, so don't throw away your confidence, trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Your boldness, this is the reward, your boldness in entering the presence of God because of the cross. Did you just hear what I said? You can, see, today, what did we do? We came into the presence of God. Why? Because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. You can receive all the promises of God because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus went to Calvary. Jesus went to the cross. That's why Christianity is founded on the cross of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's not gory. Well, it is gory. But when you begin to understand it, you begin to appreciate it. Some people have taken songs about the blood. Some churches taken songs of the blood out of the church. Had one pastor says, well, well we, we don't really sing those songs and we really don't talk about the blood of Jesus much in church. And I thought, I said to him, well, well how can you preach the gospel then? Well, we, we don't want to, we don't want to scare the little kids. And I thought, scare the little kids? I, I told him, I said, I called my name and I said, I grew up in this. I says, and from a little baby, all I heard was the cross, the blood of Jesus Christ. And I began to appreciate and understand. I says, you got to teach them what it's about. It isn't just gory, and it is. But then you got to teach what is. Why did that happen? Because there had to be a life for a life. That was the bargain. You want this back? You want humanity back? The devil told that to God. You want this humanity back? You want this earth back? Life for life. God says, okay, you're on. So what did God do? Because he loved humanity. You know, God could have walked off. God could have walked off and said, forget him. Even we go jump ahead to Noah. I mean, it says the very embryo or embryonic, or embryonic thought that they had was evil continually. On their beds at night, they would think and devise evil. Doesn't this sound like today? And God says, I'm tired of it. But then he remembered his creation. And because of his love, he could not cast us off. So we found a man named Noah and said that he was faithful. Amen? He was just. See, that proves that we can live for God if we want to. Can you say amen? All right? So don't throw away your confidence, confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance, the key response needed in the face of all obstacles and persecution is what you need now. Right now, 
in this situation and that we are, in the crisis that we are in this country and around the world, we need patient endurance. We need to look to God. We need to confess our belief. We need to hold strong on God. We cannot give up. And you know, sometimes I think we talk too much about the situations that's going on and that gets us down, discouraged, and defeated. When you get feeling that way, get alone in the presence of God. Don't let up on your prayer life. Saints, it is so important to have a time with God. And if you say you're too busy, then you are too busy. So do something about it. That's pretty straight, but it's true. It says, patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. We need patience to do God's will. Everything comes at us. Then you'll receive all that he's promised, including participating in the second coming of Jesus. This is our hope. How many believe that Jesus is coming again? Well, we can't lose our confidence. If we don't make the rapture, or we don't, then we've missed it. We don't have a second chance. Don't rely on second chances. It's not going to happen. If we can't live for God now, and it's going to get worse, what do you think after the church is gone? And God has lifted his spirit of dealing with man in the plan of salvation. And the Antichrist has taken over. And you can't buy or sell. I mean, it's real, saints. This is not a fairy tale. That all of a sudden... You know, instead of a, 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 a pumpkin made into a carriage, Cinderella finally gets her prince and finally gets her carriage. It's not a fairy tale. He that endures to the end shall be saved. There are some things that we're going to have to go through and we're going to have to have confidence and trust in Jesus Christ and we're going to have to hold on and have long suffering or patience for it to happen. In your own personal life, there are things some of you are going through right now. Let me tell you something, Lila. This is a learning experience for you. You will make it. God's not going to forsake you. And I'm not just saying that to make you feel good. I've been there. I know. Look at this old 80-year-old man and believe it. Hebrews 12, 1c. It says, so, 12.1. So, let us run with endurance, patience, the race that God has set before us. 2a says, 
We do this by keeping our eyes or staying focused on Jesus, the champion, the victor who initiates and perfects our faith. You know, all the while we go through the things we're going through, even in our past life, it's perfecting our faith. The Bible says, don't despise the chastening of the Lord or the correction of the Lord. Now, God's not down here beating us up. But you know, uh, and I'm not going to get into that, but if you don't discipline your child when they're young, they're going to give you trouble when they're old. You know, this business of, 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 of uh, in schools now, everybody gets a, everybody gets a little thing. That is teaching those kids wrong. You don't get everything handed to you. And it's the same way in walking with God. We talk about faith. And you just believe it, name it, and claim it. There was a time back in the 60s and 70s, I don't know if it's going too strong now, but in the 60s, just name it and claim it. And do not claim anything that's negative in your life. Don't even talk about it. Don't even believe that it exists. Just ignore it. That was the teaching. Name it and claim it. You can name it. If you want a Cadillac, I've heard this. Name it. And God will give you a Cadillac. And you can't even pay your bills? Why would he give you a Cadillac to ride in to keep up with the Joneses? Now, does God want you, is that, and does God want you in poverty? No. But he's not going to give you what he can't trust you with. If you and I can't pay our tithes now, he's not going to bless us with something great, all kind of money. Or we don't give, or whatever. But there's one thing. If you are wholly following God, that's why the Bible said, don't give up your profession. Don't give up your confession. No matter what comes your way, God will take you through it and bring you out better on the other side of it. This is long-suffering. Wait. Now, here's an example in Hebrews 6. 13, I'm reading, 13 through 15, I'm reading in LT. For example, there was God's promise to Abraham, and God took an oath in his own name, saying, now if you want to read about this, you can go to Genesis 15 to 17, not going there, but God took an oath in his own name, and said, I will certainly bless you and will multiply your descendants beyond measure. 15. Then Abraham waited patiently and received what God had promised. At a hundred years old, Sarah conceived and Isaac was born. And the Jewish nation begun. And God has watched over that nation right down to 2021. 
And God is put, getting ready to put the final touches on the Jewish nation. And God, what everything that God promised to Abraham in these last days, he's going to fulfill for the Jews. They rejected him, but he's still working on their behalf. And let me tell you something, saints. God, if you hold on to your confession of faith, God will never let you down. You have to wait on God. See, and so that's why it isn't up there, but that's why the long-suffering of patience is the core of the apple. It is part uh, that most people throw away. Very, uh, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I don't want that. 2 Thessalonians 3.13 says, Never get tired of doing good. Impatience, and I'm going to stop with this. This is what I'm saying here, and I'll let you out. Got 10 minutes. I've been watching the time. Impatience is the very thing that steals our attention and doesn't allow us to wait on the Lord. Did you hear what I said? Impatience. God's promised you something and you just go on and you don't even ignore or you ignore the thing that God says. You know, when a prophecy is given to you, Personal prophecy. First of all, you let a personal prophecy be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. In other words, if you get a prophecy about such and such and such in life, begin to ask God and say, God, I want two more witnesses. Don't act on anything by a first-time prophecy. And if you seem to get a revelation from God, do not act on it until you get the first and second confirmation. That's Bible teaching, not Pastor Hurd's teaching. A lot of times in our presumption, oh, we're in a service, is running high, and God says you're going to, God, the prophecy comes forth, and we just jump out and go right after it. No, wait on the Lord. Wait on him. Say, God. And I've heard pastors say, or preachers say, you don't need to put out fleeces. The days of fleeces are over. That's foolishness. If you're not sure, put out a fleece. And that goes with Jacob. In other words, you, 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 you test the Lord. You can test the Lord. Say, God, if this is of you, if you really want me to go down there and fight those, whoever they, Gideon is supposed to fight, can't remember now. If you really want to go down there and fight these people, then you let the fleece be like this. And, then if, and, and when that happened, then he says, well, I want the opposite to happen. And then he knew that God was with him. And he even had an angel come to him and called him, thou man of valor. And even after that, you say, well, that's doubting. No, it isn't. That's being wise. And saying, God, I want to make sure it's you. I don't just want to jump into something. So, impatience is an idle factory. If you don't want to wait on God, and you decide to go do something else, you will absolutely fashion something else in his place. 
Did you hear what I said? This is good teaching. This is not making you shout, but this is going to make you solid. Okay, impatience is an idolatry factory. If you don't want to wait on God and you decide to go to do something else, you will absolutely fashion something else in His place. And that thing that you fashion will take the place of God's promises and you lose it. Remember when Moses went up to the mountain? Israel became restless, impatient, gone 40 days, couldn't wait 40 days. Month and a half. And so they fashioned an idol in this place of their own making. The calf clearly represents the Hebrews' impatience and intent to worship Yahweh on their own terms rather than His. I'm not going to walk this way. This is the way God wants. I'm going to leave the church and go someplace. Go ahead. I'm going to stay home from church. I don't like the way they do. I don't even go on. God promised you and said, well, I can't wait for that. I've waited one week and it didn't happen, so. The calf clearly represents the Hebrews' impatience and intent to worship Yahweh on their own terms. They even named the idol Yahweh. And it was an ox. I can't remember the name of the, the ox. But it was, and it said, this is the God that brought us out of Egypt. And the, the bull, Isis, I think it was. The bull is what the Egyptians worshipped for strength, kingliness, and wisdom. And there was dancing around an idol. And I think that's why Mo Moses got angry. And that's why Moses said, you know, melt up this, this stuff and let them drink what they made. God didn't say that. Moses did. So, listen to this. If what you're planning goes different, if it counters the will of God for our attention to be fixed on Him, it isn't worth our focus. Impatience is disinterest in the dove. Remember Noah. The dove and the raven. The raven would go out, old crow, go out and land on any old dead carcass because there's probably plenty of carcass to land on. But a dove will not, will return to the place she was sent from if she cannot find solid ground or something solid to, to, uh, to make her home in. And that's why the dove came back. So he, he, he sent out the dove and Noah waited for the turn of the dove. Now, if we won't wait for the dove, the Holy Spirit, we move in our own plans and that can be disastrous. But when we wait expectantly on Jesus... We give him his proper throne in our hearts. And if we lay at Jesus' feet, lay it at Jesus' feet, he actually calls us to sit with him. Patience opens up throne room rights. This is a good teaching. I said, 
patience opens the door to throne room rights. Ephesians 2, 6 says, And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places of authority and fellowship. You see, and I'm not even through yet, but I'm not, I'm not going to stop. I mean, I'm going to stop right here. But understand... I am talking that. That's it. I just said, wrote stop on my thing. I'm done. Okay. Next week is God's kingdom is, is not always immediate in nature. It's on the same plan. Let me tell you something, saints. You may not be receiving what God has told you you're going to receive, but you're in the process of receiving it. Did you hear what I said? You may not be receiving what God, but you are in the process and if you'll stay committed to God and submissive to Him, He will bring what He has promised to you. You may go through hell before you get it. But it will happen. And you know why that is? Because you are, have another factor that is coming against you and that is the enemy of your soul. And he'll throw everything because what he's trying to do is destroy your soul. And if he can destroy your soul through impatience, he'll do it. He'll do anything. And we need to pray. We laugh about it. And, and you know, um, there's nothing wrong in that. Because, and the reason why we laugh is because we, we know where we are. But the thing about it is, if we will wait patiently before God, God will do and is doing what he said. We will arise. Amen? And if you're praying for unsaved loved ones and you've been faithfully praying for them and death should overtake you, your prayers will follow them. And they will be saved. That's why when you're praying for an unsaved loved one, take your hands off them. Don't tell God how to do it. Those people may have to go through things that you, as a parent or whatever, you don't want them to go through. But God knows that person you're praying for and He knows their will. And God has to break their will. He'll never break their spirit but he'll break their will. That's why there's times you just take your hands on them. You're praying for a husband, you're praying for an unsaved loved one. Finally, you say, God, whatever it takes. And sometimes you have to hold on to your fist and grit your teeth when you see your kids going through things that you wish they could avoid. And the reason is because they are stubbornly resisting the Lord. And the reason why God puts them through that is because he's answering your prayers. He's not being mean. He's answering your prayers. So when this happens, begin to say, God, I don't like it, but I'm giving them over to you. I've given them, I've given them, I've heard parents over say, I've given them to the Lord. Now that doesn't mean you've got to be mean and hateful to them. But there are times when you've got to step back. You know, it's like an alcoholic. 
You can't keep going to an alcoholic and say, you know, you're a good man. You know, you know, you know, if you just put that bottle down, you know, you're aiding and abetting him. There are times when that guy, an alcoholic, is y'all praying, he's got to suffer until he gets sick of it. And then he'll turn to God and get God's help or go get help. Amen? God is good. Has this been good teaching? Now let me tell you something. God is in your corner. When you're going through it, remember God is in your corner. And he's working for you. Let's stand. Lift your hands and worship him. Thank him. And say, God... Let me have confidence in you. Work your patience in me. In Jesus' name.